drawing all kinds of lines here. <laughs> Radio Row at the Manway Bay. Tuesday. Ed Tyler and Danny's with us today. Danny's down here. He's got the he's got the credential. I I got one for today. I'm I'm pretty excited to be yeah, down you're here. You're official. You're yeah. official. What do you think of the setup? He's got a lot of gum. Oh, I love it. I'm a gum chewer. <laughs> I'm a gum chewer. I like it. I dig it. Especially double bubble. Yeah, I'm over here blowing bubbles. We're like in a baseball clubhouse right now. I, I'm going to grab a handful and go walk around, you know? <laughs> hey, the plumbing here, very nice. The bathrooms? Very beautiful. Yeah, they, they have nice bathrooms. They're they beautiful. did not give the media porta potties. They gave the media no, real bathrooms. Like real bathrooms. At Radio Row. Yeah, yeah, and two, one on each side. Yeah, we have multiple bathrooms yeah, in this place. They're so very nice. There's not porta potties. No. They look like they're bathrooms that haven't been used. Like this right. is some part of Mandalay Bay that just doesn't get used on a regular basis, right. so nobody ever touches those bathrooms. This is the, those are the bathrooms like six employees use because they're like, oh, nobody will find me when I go on my break and go use this bathroom. If Hard Knocks was here, they'd appreciate it. Yeah, oh, they absolutely, would. it'd be great. Here we go. The first bite. Dear Raider Nation, you all ready for this? Oh, Ed Antonio Pierce wrote a story for the Players, Players Tribune, Tribune, and I can't get enough of this. There's so much good stuff in here because he starts it with what Danny just said. But he then writes after that, that's what I want to know right now more than anything from you guys. Like, are you ready to put some ass whoopings on these other teams or what? Not just talk about doing it, but to go out and actually do it. I love that so much because Antonio Pierce took time when he was supposed to be hiring an offensive coordinator, to write this Players' Tribune article where he's like, we're not going to talk about beating people's ass. We're going to actually beat their ass. He's talking about it right here. This is exactly what he's saying we're not going to do. Yeah, I read read it, and uh, he look, he's so into this, if you're a Raider, there are only a certain amount of people going to be Raiders, and not everyone's a Raider. You know I hate that. Yeah, exactly. Um you're right. They, they're supposed to be hiring an offensive coordinator. They're, well, they interviewed like 10 people, so maybe he had time at night. Again, maybe this was written as he walked outside at night, looked at the stars, and started dictating into a, into a recorder, and then he went back and typed it up on the computer. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the not everybody's cut out to be a Raider because he wrote, it's about getting the best possible Raiders team in place at every le- level. If we need an O.C., which they do. It's like, I want a guy who wants to be the offensive coordinator for the Las Vegas Raiders. To be honest with you, not everybody's a Raider player. Case in point, there's what, about 500 guys getting ready for this draft? Well, I promise you, there's only about five of them that's really Raiders, guys that we really want. So with nine picks, they don't want the four <laughs> They others. have nine picks? They have nine picks. So they're going to take five guys and then say, we're done. <laughs> they have we're nine picks, and every team is going to sign like ten undrafted right, free undrafted agents free to come agents. to yeah. training camp and right. stuff. He he's, only wants he's five us there's them. only five? He's going to stop at five. He's going to say, you guys can have – he's going to go to a team like, I don't know, who stinks, Carolina, <laughs> and say, you can have our other four picks. And here's the thing. What if somebody else drafts one of those players? Which ones? In of terms the five. Of, oh, oh, they're like in they trouble. Don't, they don't have the first five no. picks in the draft. No, they're in trouble. These five guys that are cut out to be Raiders, they might get taken before the Raiders pick. What if you would have written Caleb Williams as a Raider? <laughs> People might have questions. People, now yeah. we're down to four. And so I'm going to ask this question to you in three different ways this morning. But 
Who's drafting in the NFL draft for the Raiders? Tom Telesco, the GM, or Antonio Pierce, who only thinks there's five players worth taking? I hope Telesco, because he's done it in the past, and he probably says, Antonio, we need to fill out this roster. I hope Telesco's completing the draft for them. Does Telesco want somebody, and Pierce looks at him and says, nah, he's not Raider material? I I wouldn't be stunned if that happens. I wouldn't be stunned. Like, if there's a player that Telesco wants, and Pierce is like, I watched his film. He doesn't have the right attitude or whatever the hell Pierce thinks you're supposed to have to be a Raider. I, that would not surprise me one bit. Would he if, do that to if Mark Davis wanted a player? Would he tell Mark Davis he's not Raider enough? He might. <laughs> Pierce might say that. He's really into this. Yeah. He's really into this storyline. And so here's the other part of that that's hilarious to me. He says of the 500 players getting ready, only five are cut out to be Raiders. But how many offensive coordinator candidates are there? What were that, they, that they interviewed? They, what, they interviewed like 10 people? Se- yeah, several. Yeah. Something like yeah, that? Exactly. They decided apparently Cliff Kingsbury was ready to be a Raider, and then he leaves them. And in the same day, they find another offensive coordinator that's capable of being a Raiders offensive coordinator? I feel like he settled on that one. You mean he's not a Raider? I mean, if there, listen, if there's only five draft guys, players, that are cut out to be Raiders, how did he find two offensive coordinators that were cut out to be Raiders? Within 24 hours. Right. That's just statistically improbable. Like this is not, he's lying. Well, Lou, either Luke Getzey or I'm Cliff Kingsbury. I'm worried about the offensive coordinator with what he runs. Never mind if he's not a Raider. No, Luke, I'm really worried about Luke him. Luke Getzey and Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think they're both cut out to be Raiders. No. Very coincidental if you found two guys that were cut hours. out to be Raiders as an offensive coordinator. I love the I love the line about five guys. There's only five. There's only five. You've got so, nine picks, Antonio. God, nine picks. I would hate to be the sixth person drafted by the yeah. Raiders in this draft. Can you not imagine great. that? Like being the seventh, sixth, like I'm getting cut. <laughs> Why should I even show up? So that's one part of this uh, Players' Tribune story that I thought was quite funny. I think the most important bit of information, though, is Antonio Pierce wrote this in the Players' Tribune. I want guys on our team, the Max Crosbys, the Robert Spillanes, the Devontae Adams, the Josh Jacobs. I want those dudes to know before it was you, before you were cool, These guys were even cooler, and he was talking about former Raiders that are in the Hall of Fame. So he named four players, and I'm guessing, and this is not him talking. He, This is written. You can go back and edit this before you hit publish. He specifically named four players. One of those players does not have a contract for the team next year. That is Josh Josh Jacobs. Jacobs. He really wants Josh Jacobs. So here's the the same question for you, but with a different topic. Who's deciding what contract offer Josh Jacob gets? Tom Telesco or Antonio Pierce? Again, I hope Telesco because because Antonio probably offer him twenty five million a year to be a Raider because he's a Raider. That, I, don't, I no, it has to be Telesco. It has to be. I mean, we know Josh Jacobs is a Raider, and then he acts like a Raider, and he's one of the Raiders. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Yeah. Ed. But the way Antonio Pierce has talked about him since getting the job, and even before he got the job. He really wants this yeah. guy. Oh. Like, he really wants this guy. Right. So, but again, you have to do what's best for your team. You have to do what's best for your team in the cap. You have to do what's best for your team in position. And do you really need him? I mean, I guess they could tag him again, but then he's yeah. not going to be happy. They could tag him. It'd be about $12 million this year. Or no, $14 million. They gave him the 12-year deal this year. So it'd be about $14 million this upcoming season if they tag him. Um, which wouldn't be the end of the world. It's it's probably a little much, but it still is a one-year deal for the team. I, I would think this. 
if Josh Jacobs is willing to sign a one- or a two-year contract where he's making roughly $10 million a year, that's probably a little bit of an overpay, but that would be fine. That would not be some well, terrible situation. If we're talking about three and four years, and if we're talking about 12, 13, 14, 15 or more million dollars a year, that's when you start talking about, oh, this is a bad contract. Yeah, is he worth that back. for a running back? Right. Is he worth that? And so that's the situation here. The Telesco part of it's interesting because last offseason, Telesco, the GM of the Chargers, gave Austin Eckler permission to seek a trade, seek a trade. because Eckler wanted a new contract. The Chargers weren't willing to give it to him, and they said if you can go find somebody that will trade for you and give you the contract, go ahead. Right. Eckler didn't get traded, couldn't find somebody. Um, Telesco did give Eckler a four-year, $24.5 million contract. So he did give a running back a you know, sort of long deal, but $24.5 million over four years is not a significant amount of money. No. If Jacob signed for that right now, that's fine. That's fine. That's perfect. Yeah. Right? That's no big deal. But I – that is my after reading that story in the Players Tribune. Those are my two legitimate questions: Who gets to draft these players, and who is in charge of whatever they do with Josh Jacobs? Well, the jury's out on both of them, and it's. I'm sorry, Telesco's been a GM for what 11 years with the Chargers, and he drafted some guys high, well, but we know that you know some of those picks struggled in the later rounds. He never traded down. There were some things about him that you know I don't know if worrisome is the right word, but somewhat skeptical at this point and yet I still hope this guy's drafting the players because I don't <laughs> well, think he probably that. thinks there's more than five guys in the draft he that probably can play knows on the how team. many I hope he knows how many picks he has by now <laughs> so that's the part of this that's fascinating oh and the other thing on the Jacobs side Mark Davis loves Josh Jacobs too yeah they do and I know we've gotten the stories in the past about how Mark Davis likes to hire people and then let them run the show, right? It's your, you're the GM, you're the coach, whatever. I'm not going to influence it. But what happens if, if we get in a situation where Pierce wants to get Jacobs a four-year, $50 million deal, and Telesco's like, no, we can't do that. Does Mark Davis break the tie? I think, I think Telesco would, would have more able, power. Would, would more power and would be able to explain why. I think he'd be able to explain why that you don't do this with running backs in this league. Look, let's look across the league. Let's look at what people do with running backs and where they, you know, where the position has gone in the in football. I think he'd be able to explain it away. They they can't give someone like uh, a running back forty fifty million dollars. It's they're great. They're great. Great quotes from Antonio Pierce. I am such a big fan of him writing this story about we're not going to talk about beating people's ass. We're just going to do it. And then tells us for 500 words I how like they're to going to do it. I'm, I'm glad I know who the cool people are now. Who, who are the cool people? Oh, Spillane? Yeah, Spillane. By the way, Robert Come Spillane, should he be in that grouping? I know he had a good year, but let's calm down a little bit on Robert Spillane, right? I, I don't. Is he cool? <laughs> Apparently. He's he's one of the four most important players on the team to, to Antonio Pierce. I mean, didn't he get an interception with a broken hand? That's pretty cool. He, he had more interceptions this year than he did in his entire career. And, he, again, I, he had a great year. Yeah. Absolutely. But he got compared to Max Crosby, Devontae Adams, and Josh Jacobs. He kicked down the door to greatness, Tyler. <laughs> did he? He's a Raider. He is a – now, there's a guy who's – yeah, absolutely. I can see Pierce yeah. thinking he's a Raider the way he plays. No doubt. He's a Raider. No doubt. But – I don't know. I don't know if I'm putting him in the in the same tier as Devontae Adams and Max Crosby. No. Is, is he in the same tier as Josh Jacobs? He might be. Given he, Jacobs might not be back. <laughs> Jacobs wasn't very good this year. Spillane was better this year 
at his position than Jacobs oh, was at absolutely. his, no doubt. But Jacobs has been a good running back for multiple years. Spillane's legitimately had one, like, above-average season as a linebacker in his career. It was a good season. But you know, he had two interceptions in one game. Right. Yeah. I think, I, if I remember correctly, he had one his entire career. Yeah. And then was it the Packers he had two? Is that the yeah, game yeah, I'm remembering? So, yep. Is that why I think Jordan Love is terrible and don't understand what the hell happened the last two months of the year? Because Robert Spillane picked him off twice? It's like, what's going on there? Incredible work. So, Antonio Pierce, he's only drafting five guys and he's leaving the draft. Maybe this means they're going to trade up. Maybe this means we don't, we don't need all these extra picks. We're only yeah, drafting yeah. five guys. We're giving up all of our picks to go to number one. Well, because Caleb Williams is a Raider. Although Adam Schefter did report that uh, – the Bears are taking Caleb Williams, or they're that's they're their, keeping the pick. That's their uh, top option at the moment. Right, they're is keeping to keep the, pick. the pick and draft Caleb Williams. So you're probably not trading up to one if the Bears decide to do that. Right. So we'll see. Fun times. Antonio Pierce needs to talk more. It's great. Oh, I don't think that's going to be a problem. When we get back to, uh, <laughs> no, that's not a that's problem. Not going to be a problem at all. What if they start one and five? Probably be a problem then. No, he'll be talking even more. <laughs> they start one and five. They don't have many Raiders. <laughs> It'll be like we drafted nine of these guys. I told you. I told you half of them weren't cut out to be Raiders. All right, coming up next, we're going to get into the Golden Knights as they are back in action tonight against the Edmonton Oilers. But on Sunday, the biggest football game of the year is here in Las Vegas, and the biggest big game bash is back. February 11th, downtown Las Vegas event center for the ultimate game day experience. Massive screens and stadium sound. It's going to be a great way to watch the game. Uh, it's a free event. It's a 21 and over event. Uh, so great place to go. There are private man caves and tables for reservations. You can go to dlvec.com for more information and to make those reservations. There's going to be food vendors from all over the valley, Beeria Brothers, Milkshake Wasted, Custom Pizza Truck, and more. It's the downtown Las Vegas Event Center. It's the biggest big game bash. Also, Circa Square. So, you play Super Bowl squares with friends and family or at work or whatever it is, and you just get random numbers. Circus squares much better because you get to pick your own numbers. Uh, each number has its own odds. You go pick whatever numbers you want, pick whatever squares you want, and you have Circus Square. So Circus Squares, biggest big game bash, great way to be entertained on Sunday. Barbashev in, walks it, and shot it wide on the rebound. Another try, score! Marcia So. Wow, Jonathan Marcheseau's second of the day after two tries from Barbashev, and the Knights have a three-goal lead two and a half minutes into the third period. It's the Press Box, live from Radio Row, brought to you by the Vegas Lawyers, a division of Paul Padalaw. We are at Radio Row for the entire week uh, here at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center leading up to the Super Bowl, but... Tonight, the Golden Knights are back in action. Their break and the All-Star break is over, and they're back to playing hockey. And they've got a big game against the Edmonton Oilers. Huge. Here comes uh, 16 in a row. They are one away from tying. The Oilers are one away from tying the record for most consecutive wins. wins. Uh, they, too, have been on a break just as long as the Golden Knights, right. so quite a long time since they won their last game. Uh, but going for 17 in a row against Vegas, uh, which now – this is a race for one of the top three spots in the Pacific right. Division because Edmonton actually has a better points percentage. And they they got some games in hand. Right, than the Golden Knights do right now. So uh, this is uh, battling for 2-3 in the Pacific, depending on what happens to Vancouver, battling for one in the Pacific. And if L.A. ever gets it together, this could be battling for the three in the Pacific versus a wild card. 
in the postseason. So a big game tonight. I want to give you uh, a little bit of perspective on something here. So at this time last season, so we just go one year ago, Aiden Hill had played 16 games for the Golden Knights this time last season. He had a 9.07 save percentage in those 16 games. And that was his first year in Vegas. Prior to coming here, he had played 74 games for Arizona and San Jose, and he had a 9.08 save percentage. So this time last season, Aiden Hill had played in 90 career games and had a 9.08 save percentage and a negative goal saved above average. This time last year, Aiden Hill was a below average NHL goalie. From February 6th of last year on, Till right now, this is what Aiden Hill has done. Nine regular season games last year, 9-2-9 save percentage, plus 6.4 goals saved above average. 16 postseason games, 9-3-2 save percentage, plus 13.7 goals saved above average. And now this regular season, 17 games, 9-3-6 save percentage, plus 15.9. So you're saying he's gotten better. In the 42 games from this time last year, he has a 9-3-3 save percentage and a plus 36 goals saved above average. Best goalie in the NHL. And that's a, he he's is. Best goalie in the NHL. He is. From this point, yes. for the last 12 months. Yes, he's been the best goalie in the NHL. It's unbelievable. So again, his first 90 career games, 9-0-8, negative three goals saved above average. His last 42, 9-3-3, plus 36. It's unbelievable. So the the first thing is he's the best goalie in the NHL, right, in the last right. 12 months. Yeah, exactly. Genuine question for you. Is he this good? I think he is. I think after that playoff run last year and how he now he got hurt this year. Right. Again, he's been he's been he's had some issues with injuries like, you know, most of them have. Um I think he's that good. I mean, What's his goals above average right now? So in, 30, seven, well, in, the, in the 17 games he's played this year, it's 15.9. So he's basically okay, saving so, a goal per game that the average goalie would not. That's pretty good. It's insane. It's, it's, it's insane. absolutely insane. That's like it's good. a ridiculous thing. And because the absolutely amazing part to me is he went on that run in the playoffs where he was unbelievable and – he gets the new contract, and I didn't think it was a good contract because right. I was like, there's Well, you don't like goalies. Well, that too. I wouldn't pay goalies anything. Right. But I, it was, I didn't think it was a good contract because I was like, there's no way he's going to do that again. There's no way he's that good. He went he on been good. He went on a two-month heater, yeah. and there's just no way. His save percentage is better right now in the regular season than it was in the postseason. Yeah. And he's played one more game in the regular season than he did in the postseason last year. His goal saved above average is better. The guy was unbelievable in the postseason, and he's been better. Do you you came out with that um, athletic um, uh, the player poll player poll where nobody thinks he's any good? Can you imagine that? I don't. I mean, maybe they had him been the, hurt. The, they, they, the players they, had him as like the tenth best goalie. They forgot in the NHL. about him, yeah, or whatever it was. More but, people uh, voted for Flurry than voted yeah. for Aiden Hill. Yeah, Flurry's right. a bum. <laughs> Flurry's a like negative eight goal saved above average this year. Like, I again, I still would contend. I don't think there's any way he's this good, because these are like he's going to be numbers. he's going to be a Hall of Famer right, exactly. if he does this for like seven years. Yeah. So th- I I still don't believe he's this good, and it still is like even if you take last year and this year or last year the regular postseason and this year so far, it's 42 games, so it's still a That's fairly small a, sample size. But it's, not a, it's, but it's not 16. But it's not 16. Right. As I say, 42 is ample enough to where. 
you can say at this point he's the best goalie in hockey. Yeah. So I I just wanted to go back to that because I was looking at his numbers and how it was around this time last year where he took off. And the the amazing thing about it is that we're still like a month or so away from the um, trade deadline. But last year, Aiden Hill had started, I think it was the four or five games leading into the All-Star or into the trade deadline for the Golden Knights. And he was th- that's when he started his ascension of being awesome. They still traded for Jonathan Quick. Right. They still right. thought we need to go they get they somebody. They weren't completely sure that he was the right because right. there was no reason. To th- I mean, right. goalies go on right. two week hot streaks like all the time, so there was no reason to think Aiden Hill is going to do this. Who's a career below average goalie? Right. Is suddenly going to be, be the best awesome. Goal in hockey. And <laughs> he has been. Yeah. It's it's insane. It's absolutely insane that he has been this good and. Again, I'm assuming he's not going to be this good for well, the rest of the season or right. whatever it is, the rest of his career or whatever, but he's good. Like I I think there's reason to believe he actually is one of the top 5 goalies and whatever that number you want it to be, better than 12, I think the players 10 or 12 the players had him out, he's better than that. So, incredible. It's incredible. And the other and the other reason I was bringing this up is probably not goalie cuz it'll be Aiden Hill playing most of the way. Somebody else on this team going to go on just an insane run from now until the end of the postseason? Like, are they going to get like a Chandler Stevenson who couldn't score for like two months suddenly rips off like twenty goals in the year? Jonathan Marchessault. He's been doing it though. I know, He's been that's what good. I'm saying. I'm saying. Wait a minute. Are you on my side? He's going to get to forty three now or forty no. four? No? no. Oh come on, forty four. He's going to break Carlson's number. He's on pace. If I remember correctly, before the break, he was on pace for forty one or yes. something like no, that. Forty one. He was right. He's close. Forty one. Right close. there. Come on. If you're going to say he's going to go on a tear, he's going to break it. I can't go over to your 44 just because it's you. Come on. No, I can't do it. Just because it's me? <laughs> what if Danny had predicted it? You'd be yeah. like, let's do it. Danny, come over here let's and predict Jonathan Marshall's goals. Don't do it. Go away, Danny. Go away. <laughs> go help Jared, whatever the hell you guys are doing over there. Go away. So I I am curious to see if anybody can go on that kind of a breakout for well, the Golden what about? Knights. Well, he's back tonight, William Carlson. They do get Carlson back. Um, the we think he's back tonight. He was in a right. regular. He was in a regular jersey at practice. The interesting part to me is that he's going to be on the third line, and I I don't think he's ever going to be in the role to truly break out in the goals department. Like Carlson on the third line is what you want because he can score, but also he's tremendous defensively. And your third, you can put him out there, and hey, your third line's not giving up goals. But I I don't think he's ever going to be in a position on this team again to really have like a breakout in goals or points. Right. Because unless they decide to change it and play him with Stone and Marsh or something like that, then obviously he would be. But I think they like him too much in sort of the third line role where, hey, you know, help Paul Cotter or something. He's not a bad third line center. Right. Help Paul Cotter or Michael Amadio or whoever we put with you. Help those guys be a really good third line. And that gives us the depth that we need to actually do this. All right. Coming up next, we're out here at Radio Row. David Roth is going to join us. We're happy to talk to him. He just seems happy to talk to anyone. David Roth from The Defector is with us on the Press Box. Subscribe to The Distraction on Stitcher and use the promo code DISTRACT for a free month of Stitcher Premium. Good morning, David. Good morning, guys. How are you? We're doing spectacular. We are at Radio Row inside the Mandalay Bay. I'm looking at three. Um, they put up three slot machines that I don't believe to actually take your money, but that people can just go sit at and watch a bunch of NFL logos spin. That's really that's the NFL 
like brand experience <laughs> in a nutshell there. But they did, they're sort of like just completely misunderstanding what people are in Las Vegas for. They're just like, yeah, they like colors, I guess. I don't know. We haven't done a lot of research on this. That is precisely what it is. The other thing that we're staring at is a big um, bounty booth. And they allow you to throw uh, fake paper towel rolls into targets for points. Really? Yeah. A paper towel roll, like the way that like Trump distributed them after yes. the hurricane, like yes. you're supposed yes. to shoot yes. like a big thing of bounty into a yes. basket. Yeah. Well, it's it's you throw it like a football, not like his little basketball oh, jumper. Right. Yeah. That makes more sense. Right. <laughs> They're also kind of like, this is just a a treasured American memory getting uh, repurposed there. Can I ask you all a question about how this is uh, going for you all? Because I remember. So 10 years ago, they had the Super Bowl in New York, which is to say they had it in New Jersey, and then they had the, like, (laughs) Buick brand experience tent near Times Square in New York City. Las Vegas is different. Like, is it even noticeable that the Super Bowl is there? Like, I know for you all, because you're in Mandalay Bay right now sitting at a folding table, but, like, do you notice it around, like, day to day? If you pass Allegiant Stadium and see the two logos up. <laughs> All right, but that's it, though, right? I mean, because I feel like this is just, like, it, this is the one city in the United States where, like, Super Bowl week is just basically, like, one of 52. It, so, yeah. okay, any time that I come to the Vandalay Bay, they have their convention center. And it's, like, almost like a wing of the normal uh, hotel and casino. But you see people walking from the convention center into the actual casino and with their little lanyards and credentials on. What You know, if it's a, hey, this is the... Uh, construction convention or whatever the hell it is that's exactly yeah. what we are we we are a convention for the nfl right now right we're the yeah, that makes sense yeah we're, so you are kind of right it's the exact same thing it's just you know it's going to be on tv on sunday and a lot of people are going to bet on it i don't think you can bet on like construction workers showing up to their convention not yet although yeah. i feel like that's the sort of thing where eventually if you could bet on like who gets the drunkest at the biotech convention that's being held there next week like I have friends that would put $5 down on it just on principle, I think. <laughs> I did want to ask you something else because you mentioned the uh, Super Bowl being in fake New York. Um, how much do you love that uh, FIFA is like, oh, the World Cup final will be in New York, but it's actually in New Jersey? It, so we had a post about this at Defector yesterday. So there's a couple of my uh, coworker, Catherine Shu, is from North Jersey as well. And we're both experiencing, like, all the highs and lows that you could – imagine of like just because i don't necessarily want the rest of the world let alone like the richest man in belgium or whoever is going to the, like, the world cup final i don't want them to know how we live you know like i feel like that's private that's for us and so it's going to be a giant stadium like it's a fine place to go uh people have pointed out i've always had bad experiences getting in and out of there but apparently it's like it is both objectively bad and then also better than just about any other alternative. Like, compared to Jerry World, it is apparently just, like, stepping through a portal. Like, it is a delight relative to that. But you can't get to Giant Stadium or whatever the corporate name of it is now. Like, you can't walk there. It's illegal. There's not, like, a place that you can do it. And the hotels around there put signs up. Because they did this when the Super Bowl was there, because people wanted to, or when Taylor Swift was performing, that they would get a hotel nearby and think, like, all right, this is great. Like, I'll just walk a half a mile and go to this. And there's just, it's not built for that. Like, you'd either be walking on the side of the, literally, the New Jersey Turnpike, or you would be just, like, on a berm near Newark Airport or something. Like, it's just not safe. 
And so the idea of all of these wealthy swells having to deal with New Jersey Transit and the little dorky shuttle train that they have that connects you to the Secaucus <laughs> Junction Hub, or trying to take uh, like a chauffeured vehicle out of that parking lot and it taking the entire runtime of the Irishman to leave, I'm both like aghast at the prospect of it and then also kind of psyched for it to happen. I'm a, I'm surprised. You know, he doesn't lose out on much. I'm surprised Jerry didn't win this one. Yeah, it seems like there has to be some, either like a bribe that he wouldn't pay, which I have, right. like, because with FIFA, you have to go there first. Yes. That he was basically, like, he's like, I'm getting, I'll get some of you helicopters, but I'm not giving all of you helicopters. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, it's really confusing, like, to me what it was. The explanation, which, again, it's FIFA, so you shouldn't take it too much to heart, is that there's a bunch of airports around uh, the you know giant stadium site, which is true. There's Newark and there's two in New York City. I can't imagine that that's actually it, but I also can't imagine that there's a price that Jerry wouldn't pay. So I, whatever, we got two more years to figure out what actually happened here. I am really looking forward to that. Is it dumb? Much more than I am uh, any of the other stuff about people <laughs> coming to New Jersey, honestly. Is it dumb that Doc Rivers is an all-star coach? It's incredibly dumb that Doc Rivers is an all-star. I don't think he knows the name of every player on his team yet. I think it's awesome, but, I mean, it is really uh, – I mean, I'd imagine that that's probably not what he signed up for, too. I mean, not like working TV, you know, at the level that he was doing it is probably still – you know, for a normal person, that would be an annoying amount of travel. I think that he probably would much rather have all-star weekend off than to have to go and, you know, whatever, try to figure out – what a coach does again, but I don't know. The Bucks are kind of miserable. I feel like maybe he would uh, enjoy the break and getting to hang out with uh, I don't know a bunch of guys that he isn't coaching. Yeah, so we're not going to talk about your favorite basketball team that's actually really good right now, but we're going to talk about the basketball team you kind of live closer to that might be good. Yes. Are are the oh, Knicks are right. the Knicks good? What explain to me how you feel about the Knicks right now? They're good. I think they are legitimately good. They're like Tibbs good. So there's definitely a chance that by the time they get to the playoffs. Everyone is just ground down into ash. But he's been doing. He's playing slightly more guys than he usually does. The vibe on the team is really good, which is a very, very unusual mix thing. Uh, Julius Randle is, a, uh, you know, whatever you all follow the Lakers. Like he's a bit of a sourpuss, uh, and he's hurt. But I feel like even he has been kind of like on the same page. And then the other thing, and this is like I can't prove any of this, obviously. Like, but. The Knicks have four members of a Villanova national championship team on their roster. Like, Ryan Archie Diacono is technically on the team. He doesn't play very much, and he hasn't scored a point in all 20 games that he's played in this year. But (laughs) (laughs) he was on that team. And I think that, like, all those guys seem to like each other. And if, like, fully a third of the active roster are basically close friends, I think that the energy on the team is way different. Like, the Knicks have been good and bad in the 20-odd years that I've lived in New York, um, there's never really been a good vibe on the team that I can think of. Maybe when Amare was there, but before they traded for uh, Carmelo. Like, that's a long time ago. And in this case, I think it's just, like, beyond the fact that Brunson is a magician, I just get the sense that that things are kind of working right there. I don't know how long that, that works, and, you know, like, Tibbs is not, for all his strong suits and weaknesses, has never been described as a vibes guy. But the team plays real hard, and I think that, you know, 
I've seen a lot of mirage you know, half a good season of basketball mixed teams. Like, I don't know what they're going to do in the playoffs and stuff. I think they're going to be clear of the play-in, and I think that they have looked to me like everyone in the East is a noticeable tick below Boston, and I think when Milwaukee figures it out below Milwaukee, I think they're right up there under that, which is like I, pretty good. That's they've been in like 20 years. I thought you were lying, but Ryan Archie Diacono, 20 games, 45 minutes, zero points. Yeah. And that's like you know that's not his job I guess but also like what would you say his job is <laughs> like, I don't know <laughs> not a lot of uh, not a lot of production there but I whatever he's he's there to make sure that like Jason Hart and uh, say Divincenzo and Jalen Brunson are happy like that's a that's a valuable role too I couldn't do it okay I'll give you um, a serious question to wrap up here if you are the Seventy Sixers. You have Joel Embiid, who turns 30 next month. He's going to be coming off of knee surgery. You've never gotten past the second round with him. He's had significant injury history for the rest for his entire career. What do you do? Like, are you just committed to hoping Embiid gets healthy one time over the next five years? Or, like, what do you do if you're the Sixers? Yeah, I mean, you can't trade him. And I don't think, for a bunch of reasons, you can't trade him. But I think he's really, like, in the way that nobody there has been since Iverson is, like, the heart and soul of the franchise. The city loves him. It sucks. I mean, I say this as like a fan of basketball. I, you know, this the latest injury is a meniscus. That's like the. I am not a doctor. I think listeners will have noticed by now um, that it is. But that's like the knee injury you can come back from the same year. They're saying it's a month, and then they're going to look again. It's not the sort of thing where like you know when Zydrunas Ilgauskas' arches fell, you're like, all right, well it's over for him. Like his feet are bad now. Embiid has had enough different types of injuries over the years that it both is, I mean, it's bad and it makes you feel like there's sort of like a Yao-style endgame coming, but I also don't know that any of them feel like degenerative in the way that like once a player's back, a big man's like feet, anything like that, like once that sort of thing starts to go, you're, the clock is ticking, right? He just feels like he's been very unlucky. I could definitely, if I were in charge of the Sixers, like the cope that I would be feeding myself is that, like, you know, maybe next year would be different, maybe the year after that. But I feel like it's a it's a bad spot. They're lucky that, or not lucky, I mean, give him credit. I think that Tyrese Maxey is also going to be a superstar. Like, I think he's going to be, like, a Donovan Mitchell-style, like, score, you know, 1A-type option. It just stinks that he's going to be playing with, like, potentially, you know, a Hall of Fame big man for 25 games every year, and you just have to hope that those games land in the right place. I feel bad about that. Uh, David, I just want you to know that we bring you on the show because in the span of eight minutes or so, you reference Ryan Archidiakono's stat line and a Zydrunas Ilgauskas injury from, I looked it up while you were talking, 2009. Well, you know, it's all one big year to me. (laughs) Once you get like above age 30 like, I remember everything that happened to me before age 30 very vividly and then everything after that I just assume happened in like 2018 <laughs> he is David <laughs> Roth from Defector uh the only one that reminds you about Zadruna Sogalskis having arch surgery uh on his foot thanks David thanks David thank you guys good luck on, res- on uh, restaurant row good luck on radio oh, row that'd Yonder. be a better row <laughs> better row thanks David so there's David Roth right. from Defector restaurant row that'd be fun uh, yeah, Zydrunas Ogowskis had an operation on his left foot to change the arch of his foot. That never sounds good. To alleviate the stress that on never that sounds bone. Good. Doesn't sound good. And 
It's 2024. 15 years later, David Roth is like, I got that locked away. I am never going to forget when Zadrunas Elgowskis had surgery to change the arch of his foot. So that's why we have him on the show. All right, coming up next, we're still live from Radio Row. We're going to get into FIFA putting the World Cup final in New Jersey. Montiel. Now, back out to Radio Row with Tyler and Ed. Ed, one of the funniest things. Oh, sorry, I should have told you we were coming back. I didn't realize you didn't have the headset actually on. Welcome back to the show, Ed. One of the funniest things. Got the gum going. Oh, you are chewing the gum. Yeah. Just like, what damn movie did you start talking Sideways. to me about yesterday? Sideways. 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 Don't good drink movie. wine. Uh, it's a good flip. Apparently. Good flip. Don't drink wine with gum in your mouth. Uh, that's all I'm going to do the yeah. next time I drink wine. <laughs> It'll be the first I think one of the funniest things that FIFA could have done is put the World Cup final yeah. in New Jersey and then tell people it's in New York. Yeah. Because if you go, FIFA's like official uh, terminology for the World Cup final is that it's in, quote, New York, New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. It's in Jersey. <laughs> it's in Jersey. We know the difference. <laughs> Why? Okay. So you're a soccer guy. L.A., SoFi, Jerry's World. Um, where else could they have gone? I, I, we should say that Allegiant backed out of any games. Yep. So people might out there be wondering about Las Vegas. Um, I don't know. I. It just seems to me that there were better choices weather-wise. It will be in the summer, so conceivably shouldn't be too bad. I do wonder if FIFA wanted it outdoor. Generally speaking, soccer is played in outdoor stadiums. There's not many places across the world that have domed stadiums. Right. Uh, I, we, I don't know this for a fact. I would guess the United States has more domed stadiums than any than the rest of the world does combined. That I, my, I just made that up, but that sounds accurate to me. So there might be an element of we just want it outdoors. Like we don't want the World Cup final in a dome. Uh, obviously, other games will be played in a dome, but that might have been part of it. Could add it in SoFi. Yeah. Uh, well, it's kind of outdoors. It's outdoors. It's outdoors enough. It's outdoors enough that you can have it's a lightning enough. delay, but there's still a roof well, over it. It's summertime. <laughs> so be the monsoons. I, I mean, if the if that stadium was actually in New York City, then that I think it'd have been a no-brainer to put it in New York City. It's the most popular city in this country. Right. So, but the fact that it's in New Jersey makes it. Uh, Kind that of much funny. funnier. Yeah, it's, it's quite funny. Um, the first game of the World Cup is actually going to be in Mexico City. Mexico is going to play in the first game of the World Cup. Um, the United States is going to host all of the semifinals and the final. I think we get all the quarterfinals, too. Does I think, the U.S. have to go to Mexico City? No. Well, they could technically go in one of the knockout rounds. Right. Um, I'm guessing they'll set it up to where we don't, but right. it is possible. Our group stage games... I am going to spend way too much money in 2026, Ed, because they made this way too enticing. Our three group stage games are in L.A., Seattle, and then back in L.A. I'm going to all three of these yeah. things. Are you kidding I imagine me? you. They, if they had put them on the East Coast, I'd have been like, all right, whatever. I'm going to have to fly there. But I can drive to the damn L.A. once. Yeah. I got to buy one plane ticket one, to one Seattle. Round, one round trip to Seattle. I'm going to all three of those. Spending the money. I'm going to, spend, I'm going to have to spend like $1,000 per game per ticket. Right. But I'm going to go to all three of those damn things. Why the hell wouldn't I? 
It's a disaster. God, put one in Columbus so I don't have to go or something you stupid like that. You think it's like a thousand bucks? We were talking. We were talking yeah. before the show about. Yes, um, I think it will be. We were talking before the show about Super Bowl tickets, the, face value on the Super Bowl tickets. Danny was about to buy a nine thousand dollar one, but he's degenerate and he, hasn't, <laughs> he doesn't have any money. He hasn't won his big bet yet. His big break. What's the most you'd pay for a sporting event like a World Cup final? That's probably the one thing you'd want to go to is a World Cup final. The Over. final. I'll be honest. I don't think I'm going to the final. No, but what? <laughs> What what's the most you would pay for a sporting event? Okay, if you told me that the United States was playing in the World Cup final, and I was in the city it was being played at, so I'm not traveling and I don't have to pay for a hotel, right? Like if just hypothetically the United States is playing in the World Cup final in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium, right? And I can basically drive there, whatever the hell I would do to go there. I mean, I'd probably pay five thousand dollars. Wow. Five Gs. I'd probably pay five thousand dollars. Five Gs for a soccer. Game. Yeah, I'd, I probably would. If we, if the United States is in the World Cup final, yes, yes, yes I would probably pay five thousand dollars to do that. That now, having to, if I to fly to New York and to stay somewhere like that's a whole extra cost that my ticket's going to have to be like a thousand dollars just to come right. in that five thousand right. dollar realm, given the cost and everything. And here's the other key: you can't buy it ahead of time. Like no, the, no, the semifinals are going to be, I think, like four, five days right. before no, the final. No, you don't know who's in the final. Right. So I'm not going to sit here and plan to go because as much as I tell you that the United States is going to win the World Cup, I'm not 100% confident to go buy plane tickets and everything. But, yeah, if I was if – in, if in two years I'm living in New York, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll spend $5,000 if the United States is in the World Cup final. Oh, that, that one's – yeah, I would. That's like the once-in-a-lifetime – this legitimately is never going to happen again in my lifetime situation. I don't know how much I'd pay for the Dodgers in the World Series. I mean, I only paid five hundred. I went. Yeah, I only paid five hundred to go to the. Both. I paid twice. I went to two World Series games right. and it was five hundred each time. So that's not horrible. No, it was great. I mean, one of them they got beat and lost the World Series, and nobody wanted to be there. The other one they actually won the World Series, and I was in like four rows from the top. So, so you were both clinchers. I watched the Braves clinch and the Astros clinch. Yeah. One of that was a really good day. The other one, not so fun. Not so fun. Yeah, not so great. But, yeah, that one. I I paid $1,000 total to fly to Houston, stay in Houston, and go to the and game. And go to the game? Yeah. I technically, I paid, not, technically I paid 1200 the second time because the damn rain out and Manfred moved the games back, so I had to go change my flight. That's not horrible. And that cost though. me an extra 200 bucks. Yeah. No, that was that was an easy decision on my end. Just be like, oh, I can go to these games? I'm, I should do that. Allegiant Stadium with the Cowboys. Not five grand, my friend. Well, that's the Super Bowl. Nobody cares about that. I mean, not they, five and here's grand. the thing: I know they're this whole failure thing for like decades now, but they could conceivably be in the Super Bowl again. Yes, we're the, America in the World Cup and hosting it and hosting it. No, like no chance. Like I, we might host one or two more World Cups in my lifetime. Right. Like that might be it. And for us to actually be in the final, yeah, I, I, whatever's in my savings account, I'll, I'll pay half of it. You have to get the okay from the fiance. No, I think she'd understand. I think she'd be on really. Board. Yeah, it'd be great. Front page. No, Carl Banks coming up next.